Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. This is going to be a very important show, as they all are, but this is... Not a lazy Friday. We keep our foot on the gas pedal. It's going to be very, very difficult for the liberal media to follow this. And, of course, for Media Matters and Mediaite, they're going to use it as an opportunity. But none of that matters. These are very evil forces in our politics, in our society, run by mental munchkins and worse. And there's several issues I want to talk about. I told you about the Quirin case the other day where Franklin Roosevelt ordered his attorney general of the United States to seek the death penalty against six Germans, eight of whom were captured, were saboteurs. Eight of whom were saboteurs. The trial took place in a secret military tribunal, sort of like Adam Schiff, you know, in the uh, basement of the House of Representatives. No effective appeals, no effective anything. Within a total of 60 days, those six men were executed. And I have to sit here and watch television all day today when the President of the United States tweets something that is constitutionally accurate. That in the end, he can interfere in a criminal case if he chooses, but he chooses not to. Both points are correct. He can, and he shouldn't. For a lot of reasons, that if people want to debate it, we can debate it and explain it. But he's accurate as a matter of constitutional law, period. He can, but he shouldn't. Franklin Roosevelt did. This is why Sunday's Life, Liberty, and Levin is so damn important. I take the left wing's icon on whom Bernie Sanders and all the rest of the Democrats build their agenda, build their campaigns, build their policy. And I rip it to shreds with a brilliant professor. I know it's not the usual affair. No, we're not shooting spitballs, but I hope you really watch it. And I want the press to understand. Cable news, network news, radio news, TV news. You're doing a grave disservice to the American people the way your, your so-called reporting is taking place and the way you're going to do your Sunday shows. Donald Trump's statement in his tweet is a statement of constitutional fact. You may not like it. But this president has exercised enormous restraint d- despite what you're hearing. As I said, Franklin Roosevelt ordered his attorney general, Bickle, 
to bring capital charges against six out of eight of these Germans. Not the two American citizens of German heritage, but the six Germans. And he did. And he ordered them to conduct these trials in secret, so they got military secret trials. No sense whatsoever of effective representation. He wanted them dead and dead fast. And they were dead and dead fast at the direction of the President of the United States. Now, if that's not interfering in a quote-unquote criminal case, I don't know what is. It is a famous case. And not only that, to its great shame, the United States Supreme Court in the, uh, upheld the decision. It upheld the decision. Donald Trump tweets, and it's the end of the world. And look, you and I, we know what's going on. They want to cling to anything this president says or does to try and make the case that there's something wrong with him, that he's dictatorial, that he doesn't know when to stop, and on and on and on. Now, I understand what the attorney general was saying. He takes a lot of crap as a matter of fact because he's a man of enormous integrity. And he's got a lot of things going on to try and address and redress what the prior administration did. He is looking into the Ukraine matter. He's looking into the front end of the Russia matter. He's taking a fresh look at the Lieutenant Flynn case. He's stopped these four road line prosecutors from trying to put Roger Stone in prison well into his 70s. We've yet to see what this judge will do, this Obama-appointed judge. So nobody can say that the Attorney General of the United States, Bill Barr, is bending over backwards or not doing enough. And I'll get to the McCabe matter later. It's just not top of, uh, top of my list. So the President can be right and the Attorney General can be right. They're not mutually exclusive. And as a constitutional matter, it is shocking to listen to the media and its partisanship and its mockery of the President of the United States when he is stating a constitutional fact. The Attorney General is not in the Constitution. The Department of Justice is not in the Constitution. The Criminal Code is not in the Constitution. The U.S. Attorney's offices are not in the Constitution. Federal district judges are not in the Constitution. Appellate judges are not in the Constitution. But we have an entire article for the President of the United States. The only court that's in the Constitution is the Supreme Court. So, of course, the President of the United States can, as a constitutional manner, intervene in a criminal case. It's called a unitary executive. And people are tripping all over themselves, including so-called conservatives who've made this point in their own writings over and over and over again, patting themselves on on the head for their magnificent scholarship. But here, no, 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 that's not accurate. Of course he's accurate. Should he do it? That's an entirely different question. You have a commander-in-chief. Should he launch a nuclear missile on Moscow tonight? That's an entirely different question. So let's not commingle the two. The president is a better constitutional lawyer tonight than all of his critics combined. Now, I want to address another issue. And this issue is the inability in this country to have an honest discussion 
about facts that are right in front of our noses. And the, it's really the left, whether it's on our college campuses, whether it's in our media, whether it's in our politics. They will not allow even an objective discussion about what's taking place in society or may take place in society to occur if they believe they can use it as an opportunity to smear somebody, to character assassinate somebody, or to drive their agenda in a different direction. That's the entire reason. Organizations that are created under one part of the Internal Revenue Code, like Media Matters, that violate it, in my opinion, do exactly what they do. That is a hit squad. It is a propaganda machine. And you'd be amazed how many times they put something out and organs like the Huffington Post and Esquire and Politico and CBS and NBC and CNN pick it up word for word. They are a research arm for the modern Democrat Party media today. And that tells you plenty. And they're funded by the hard left. Billionaires and millionaires on the hard left. And people like Jake Tapper are more than happy to use Media Matters as are others. The whole CNN lineup, the whole MSNBC lineup, people on The View, they're happy to use Media Matters as a research tool, even though they know that it's heavily funded by radical leftist billionaires and millionaires with their own agenda. doesn't matter. But on this program, we can have honest discussions, and we're going to, because my audience is not them. It is you. But I'll give you an example. The other day, I believe it was on Levin TV, but I may have also said it on the radio. We played a clip of Bernie Sanders at the Democrat debate, I believe February 7th, where he flat out said America is a racist country from top to bottom. Remember that, Mr. Producer? That is, Americans are racist top to bottom. America is not an orange juice can. It's not a football. It's not an animate subject, uh, object. An inanimate object. America is we the people. So this man wants to be elected president and he's calling the American people, except those who support him and his views, of course, racist, top to bottom. And it occurs to me, here's a man who's born in Brooklyn, New York. Here's a man who's born in one of the most diverse cities on the face of the earth. One of the most Diverse metropolitan areas on the face of the earth. He's an old school Marxist. That's exactly what he is. The evidence is overwhelming. It comes out of his big mouth and his writings and the writings about him. And you're not allowed to call him a Marxist. You're not even allowed to call him a socialist. There's a good piece of National Review today. One of only a few today, I might add. Which points out that now Bernie Sanders is being remade by the media. Not even a socialist anymore. He's, you know, he's kind of a liberal. But we'll get to that later, too. And I thought it quite remarkable. Here's a man, America's racist top to bottom. When he had his choice of where he wanted to settle and create his political career, where did he pick? Where did Mr. Anti-Racism pick? It's just an obvious hypocrisy. One of the whitest places in America. Now, look, I don't really care. But he's the hypocrite. And of course we're going to call him out on it. 
He didn't pick Newark, New Jersey. He didn't pick Camden, New Jersey. He didn't pick East St. Louis. He didn't pick East uh, Palo Alto. He didn't even pick New York City. His old haunts. He didn't pick a single, single area of the country that is majority African-American or majority Latino or even a majority diverse, if you understand what I mean. He picked a part of the country which is an overwhelming majority white. Now, if you're going to play this identity politics game and you're going to use it as a cudgel, as a core principle in your attack on the country, then your obvious hypocrisy must be pointed out. And I will point it out, despite what the mouthpieces on the left, their media front groups have to say, and their lies about me. It was a legitimate point then, and it is a legitimate point today. So they say, Levin calls Sanders a racist. What I really called Sanders was a hypocrite. But maybe he is a racist. Maybe he is a racist. Because Donald Trump, when he first ran for president, of course he lives in very wealthy areas. But his main property, Trump Towers, his main domicile, far more diverse. I'm talking about the community, not the condos, the community, than where Bernie Sanders was living. Far more. Now, I want to move on to another topic here, but it's related. It's related. There have been things said about Rush Limbaugh, and I haven't talked to Rush. I'm leaving Rush alone. I'm letting Rush focus on what he needs to focus on. His life. His life. There are things that have been said about this man in the last 48 hours that are the most loathsome, despicable statements and cheap shots by people like Jake Tapper, and they know exactly what they're doing. They got the Media Matters talking points. And if you go to Media Matters now, you will see link after link, post after post on Rush Limbaugh. They are furious that he got the Medal of Freedom. And so what do they do on the left? What do they do? They destroy. They don't create anything. They destroy. And the left include the media. Jake Tapper, CNN, and the rest. And the rest. Now what happened? There's a marvelous piece in The Federalist. And this is an outstanding website. By a gentleman named David Marcus. And he says... And I won't elaborate on this, but I want to tell you what he says, because that's what I do. That's what I was trained to do. Give credit where credit is due. And I read this piece, and it got me to do a lot of thinking. No, Rush Limbaugh's comments about Buttigieg are not homophobic. Questioning how Pete Buttigieg's gay marriage will play with the American voters is absolutely fair game for political commentators. 
Are we not now allowed to discuss the effects of somebody's lifestyles that they hold very public on the electorate might have? I'm not talking about making moral judgments even, because Rush didn't make a moral judgment. I'm not talking about making moral judgments. We're not allowed to call Bernie Sanders a Marxist, and he spent his entire life being a Marxist. He can't even call him a socialist. He spent his entire life being a Marxist. He can't call him a socialist. You're not allowed to discuss Pete Buttigieg's marriage when there have been very public showings of his marriage. In the American culture, I have more to say. We'll be right back. Lovin. You've heard me talk about the four pillars of education at Hillsdale College. Now, these four pillars or purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, have defined Hillsdale's mission since 1844. I'd like to focus on the first pillar, learning. Hillsdale understands, as America's founders did, that a proper education is essential to preserving free government. Among other things, young people must be taught about America's great heritage of liberty. They must be taught about how government works and the importance of the Constitution. And they must develop the skills to become useful citizens and the virtues required for self-government. Because so many high schools, colleges, and universities fall short in these areas today, Hillsdale has expanded its mission nationwide. For example, through its free online courses, its free monthly speech digest and primus, and the classical K-12 through charter schools it's helping to found coast-to-coast. Discover how you and your children can learn from Hillsdale College, too. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. I don't have the uh, querying case in front of me. It may have been four who were executed, but you get the drift. And you know what the decision of the court was? Eight to zero. One justice uh, was absent. It was six out of eight. Isn't that what I said? Yeah, six out of eight. And Justice Murphy, as I recall, didn't participate. Uh, so there was none. It was eight to zero. And Roosevelt just issued an order. Boy, he interfered with a criminal case. And they said, whoa, 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 whoa. This should be treated as a criminal case in the civilian courts. Roosevelt said, no. I want you guys dead. I want you dead fast. And that's what he got. Not a single other broadcaster in America is going to tell you about this. I'll be right back. You've heard me talk about the four pillars of education at Hillsdale College. Now, these four pillars or purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, have defined Hillsdale's mission since 1844. I'd like to focus on the first pillar, learning. Hillsdale understands, as America's founders did that a proper education is essential to preserving free government. Among other things, young people must be taught about America's great heritage of liberty. They must be taught about how government works and the importance of the Constitution. And they must develop the skills to become useful citizens and the virtues required for self-government. Because so many high schools, colleges, and universities fall short in these areas today, Hillsdale has expanded its mission nationwide. For example, through its free online courses— its free monthly speech digest and primus, and the classical K-12 through 12 charter schools it's helping to found coast-to-coast. 
Discover how you and your children can learn from Hillsdale College, too. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. Mark Levin, the champion of liberty and true conservatism. Call Mark now, 877-381-3811. The left in this country has no problem throwing around anti-Semitic slurs. The leader in the Democrat pack right now, Bernie Sanders, is supported by the anti-Semitic left. Outspoken anti-Semites in Congress and out of Congress. He doesn't have to answer for anything. Nothing. You have Chuck Todd, Referring to people as brown shirts. The list is is really infinite. The list is infinite. The things that Trump supporters recalled, things that the president and his family recalled, even the things that Democrats who don't toe the line are called. And now Rush Limbaugh comes under vicious attack. And one of the people who viciously attacks him is Chuck, excuse me, uh, Jake Tapper over at CNN, but by no means alone, because they got the talking points from Media Matters. And he says, in so many words, I'm not even going to play it, because I don't want to hear his stinking voice. It's a long history, you see, of Rush Limbaugh being a bigot, as do all of you, you see, because we're racist from top to bottom. Long history. Sanders doesn't? No, 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 no. Democrat Party doesn't? No, 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 no. Rush Limbaugh. This is what they think about all of us. And the man doesn't have a bigoted bone in his body. And neither do I. Quite the contrary. Live and let live. Leave people alone. That's my attitude. That's not the attitude of the left, and it's certainly not the attitude of the press. And so the issue with Buttigieg, Rush points out, is an issue that Buttigieg and his own campaign has to struggle with. It's something this David Marcus points out in The Federalist. You see, folks, for a lot of Americans, men marrying men is just not acceptable. I'm not making a moral judgment. This is an analysis. For a lot of Americans, it is. A lot of it depends on geography. A lot of it depends on education. A lot of it depends on faith. But a lot of it is what it is. And when you're running for president, you have to take these things into consideration. And Buttigieg has. He has to decide the extent to which he wants to present his marriage to another man. The extent to which he wants to discuss it. The extent to which he wants to show the passion of it. Kissing. And this is Russia's point. Russia's point is, this will have political consequences. And it is legitimate to wonder what kind of political consequences they'll have. Even the Buttigieg campaign has to take that into consideration. Even the Democrat Party has to take that into consideration. Even Democrat voters take that into consideration. 
And if Buttigieg is going to make a public, a, a public um, a scene or presentation of kissing his husband, what are the consequences? What are the consequences? Now, when they move into South Carolina, will Pete Buttigieg be, be making a public display of his affection for his husband? Or not Pete Buttigieg and his campaign and the Democrat Party, whether they admit it or not, whether they speak of it or not, certainly, certainly taking that into consideration. That's not homophobic. There's no moral judgment being made by Rush or me or anybody. It's not homophobic. That's a fact. It's a fact. As David Marcus points out, his own campaign have to ask these questions in deciding how he should approach being the first openly gay major presidential candidate. It's not a criticism. And none of this is really new, he says. We see articles and panel discussions from all over the political spectrum all the time about whether the country is ready to elect a woman president. In 2008, the question of whether Americans would elect a black man president was absolutely commonplace, as were specific discussions about how Obama should deal with that issue. And as with Obama being the first black nominee, if Buttigieg becomes the first openly gay nominee, that will come with advantages as well as disadvantages. For many voters, it will be viewed as a historic and fantastic step forward for the country. For others, like this woman in Iowa who wanted her vote back when she found out he was in a gay marriage, it could do harm. And this was the point that Rush Limbaugh was making in the Rush Limbaugh way, points out Marcus. Sure, in a Democratic debate, smooching his husband on stage might play well with a lot of voters, but in a general election debate, it might not. But anyone who thinks Buttigieg's team, should he get there, won't be weighing the pros and cons of a post-debate kiss, is more naive than Kay Adams Corleone and The Godfather. Of course they will, and likely in terms not dissimilar from Russia's. According to a Pew poll from last year, while 62% of white Americans support gay marriage, only 51% of blacks do. That gap in itself is meaningful. But when you consider whites are split about evenly between the two parties, while blacks are overwhelmingly Democrats, it becomes an even bigger concern. Certainly a bigger issue. Will Mayor Pete's campaign make careful and calculated choices about when and where he appears with his husband? You bet your sweet fanny they will, he writes. Not to do so would be political malpractice, and that ultimately is what Rush Limbaugh was talking about. He wasn't saying there shouldn't be a gay president. He was questioning whether America is ready for it and speculating as to how the Democrats might deal with the issue. In the era of outrage porn, and this is what Media Matters does— And CNN is the cable equivalent of Media Matters. This is what Mediaite does, which was born by Dan Abrams of ABC News, a legal analyst there. And this is why he's all over there pushing, oh, this PD show and all the rest of it. He's a hack. And so in the era of outrage porn, points out Marcus, where snippets are snipped to drag anyone who doesn't toe the line, be it progressive wokeism on the left or Trumpism on the right. We're all supposed to be very careful what we say. Limbaugh isn't. He never has been. 
Nothing he said was homophobic. He's a pundit. How Buttigieg's sexual orientation works in the minds of voters is absolutely fair game to discuss. We do it in regard to race and gender constantly. But I'll tell you where we don't do it, Mr. Marcus. When it comes to the growing anti-Semitism in the Democrat Party, which is profoundly apparent in the being of Bernie Sanders and his campaign. That's where Jake Tapper draws the line. That's where the media draw the line. Now we get to this National Review piece. I want to give them credit. I don't remember the author, and I don't need to really read it to you. something I've been thinking about as well. We talked about this, actually, the other day, didn't we, Mr. Producer? Bernie Sanders is a Marxist. It doesn't mean he's a Leninist, per se, or a Trotskyite, per se, or a Stalinist, per se, or a Maoist, per se, but he's a Marxist. This is his ideology. And so he, he has these really confounding, often conflicting models in his head, but they all involve the same pedigree. He's not a particularly bright man. He's a man who's filled up to his eyeballs in Marxist propaganda and platitudes. Then he tries to build programs around it. And then he repeats himself about America being racist from top to bottom. Homophobic from top to bottom. Xenophobic from top to bottom. How capitalism is a killer. How American corporations are the enemy. It's, it's Karl Marx. It's what it is. In modern form. Now, none of the people who attack me when I say that know a damn thing about Marx. Maybe they ran the, read the Communist Manifesto. The Communist Manifesto was a long booklet. It's a little book. They haven't read Marx and Engels. They have no idea what they're talking about. They haven't read Hegel, who in my view was really the foundational thinker for Marx who just took it to another level and applied it to material and economics. They haven't read Rousseau. They have no idea what they're talking about. I know what Bernie Sanders has read. He's a talking point Old-time red from Brooklyn. And now, what's going to happen, as we mentioned the other day, it's pointed out in National Review, now they're going to reinvent Bernie. They don't even want to call him a democratic socialist anymore. They want to take that word socialist away. Because even though it's not a big majority, a majority of Americans cringe at the word socialism. 53%. We're holding on by our fingernails, but they're still there. So I'm sure they'll go back to calling him a progressive, liberal, left of center, whereas any conservative is a right-winger, reactionary, conspiracy theory, white supremacist. Because that's how it works. Now, Jake Tapper... You should be ashamed of yourself. And you should apologize to your audience of seven about what you said the other night and your attempt to exploit what Rush said as a mouthpiece for Media Matters. And then you went further, because you're not really a journalist. You're a poser. 
your poser. You said you lost track of how many marriages he had. Why did you say that? Why did you say that? Did Rush criticize Buttigieg's marriage? Not in the least. He didn't attack his marriage at all. So why did you attack Rush? Because you're vile, that's why. Because you're a leftist, that's why. Because you and Todd and Stephanopoulos and the others, you always in the end show your true colors and go back true to form, don't you? You can't help it. It becomes knee-jerk almost. Since you want to know, he's had four marriages. But let me tell you what he hasn't done. He hasn't done what your hero John Kennedy did, which has slept with thousands of of women while he was married. Or Lyndon Johnson, which has slept with thousands of women when he was married. Or molested interns, which two of your great presidents did. He's been faithful to each and every wife. Nobody goes into a marriage expecting it to fall apart. But no public figure tries to make a logical and rational point about an issue that is in front of the American people that the campaign itself is dealing with, that Americans are thinking about. Not in a bigoted way, but trying to make an analysis of what's taking place and should have to expect a so-called newsroom, a news broadcaster like you, to do what you did. And you're not alone. You guys pile on. You gang slander. You gang libel. That's what you do. You're all too stupid to think for yourselves. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You've heard me talk about the four pillars of education at Hillsdale College. Now, these four pillars or purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, have defined Hillsdale's mission since 1844. I'd like to focus on the first pillar, learning. Hillsdale understands, as America's founders did, that a proper education is essential to preserving free government. Among other things, young people must be taught about America's great heritage of liberty. They must be taught about how government works and the importance of the Constitution. And they must develop the skills to become useful citizens and the virtues required for self-government. Because so many high schools, colleges, and universities fall short in these areas today, Hillsdale has expanded its mission nationwide. For example, through its free online courses, its free monthly speech digest and primus, and the classical K-12 through charter schools it's helping to found coast-to-coast. Discover how you and your children can learn from Hillsdale College, too. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. It's talk radio, but in the end, it's radio. And it's our town hall meeting. Millions and millions of us all over the country. Millions and millions of us all over the world. We're bigger than cable TV. We're bigger than satellite TV. Why not? 
I'm bringing the world together. Just little old me. I'll be right back. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, During the break, I got up and I walked around a little bit, which I do from time to time, started thinking about things. And I got to thinking of this. Even though I come in here prepared up to the eyeballs, you just never know. During his decades on radio, Rush Limbaugh has raised tens of millions of dollars for kids suffering from leukemia and lymphoma. The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, tens of millions of dollars. We've all donated to it. Without a single concern about their race, their religion, or anything else. Their kids. He has raised tens of millions of dollars. Leukemia and lymphoma. Utterly unrelated to politics or partisanship of any kind. How much has Media Matters raised for kids suffering from cancer? Or Mediate? Or Jake Tapper? You are disgusting, vile, low lives. You really are. You really are. To treat this man this way, to take his words and twist them the way you do, you talk about a free press. Are you a joke? You have all the habits and techniques of a fascistic press. And more and more, that's exactly what you are. You know damn well what you're doing. Damn well what you're doing. But I want to move on now to Andrew McCabe. And Roger Stone. And I'm sorry. As much as I don't want to believe this. There is no question that there are two forms of justice in Washington, D.C. I'm 100% certain of it. And I witnessed it myself when I was Chief of Staff to Attorney General Meese. When not one but two independent counsel investigations were unleashed against this man, and they took place simultaneously. The most ethical, law-abiding man the most decent man I've ever worked for. And in addition to my father and my father-in-law have ever known or knew. 
And they tried to imprison him. They failed, but they tried. Eric Holder never confronted anything of the sort. Loretta Lynch never confronted anything of the sort. They didn't have special counsel investigating them. More than one, two. And I watch here. As somebody I actually dislike. Roger Stone. Is abused. And victimized. By individuals in our justice system. Who know damn well. And Bill Barr, you know this too. Who know damn well they're not impartial, independent individuals trying to apply the law and the facts. You don't come up with sentencing proposals like this and expect us to be so stupid as to fall for that. Now, is it the case that Roger Stone lied to Congress? Yes. Is it the case he witnessed tampering? No, he didn't witness tampering, in my view. That wasn't witness tampering, but you can twist it into whatever you want, particularly in a jury in Washington, D.C., which I guarantee is filled with Democrats. But that's my point. As I said to you then, James Clapper's not in prison. James Clapper lied on national TV under oath, under penalty of perjury. John Brennan's not in prison. Did the same thing, in my opinion. Instead, they're hired by news organizations. You don't hear Schumer and Pelosi and the Democrats, and certainly not the news organizations that hired them, going on and on and on about the fact that these liars are walking free. Because they're Democrats who worked for Obama. Why not? You know why. James Comey. Is there any doubt that James Comey lied to Congress? There's no doubt whatsoever. He's not only walking free. He's an arrogant SOB. Writing op-eds in his favorite newspapers. The Washington Compost. The New York Times. Makes millions off of a book. Treated like a conquering hero. A corrupt FBI director. And I coined the phrase with respect to these FBI officials. Bad cops. Which has now been of course repeated everywhere. That's fine. That's the way it is. I was on Hannity one night. I just said it. Now we have McCabe. McCabe was hired by CNN even before the Justice Department decided not to charge him. But McCabe is a liar. And McCabe is a leaker. And McCabe was removed from his job. And he should have been removed from his job. And now I guess I'll bring a civil suit or something or other. And now you see, he pretends that he's Dreyfus. That he's a victim of the state. That he's a victim of the president. Here is a man who sought to bring down the president of the United States. Here is a Svengali whose DNA is everywhere. And because 
we're to believe the standard for charging him and ultimately convicting him doesn't match up well enough with the facts of his lying. The decision was made that the case would be too weak. Now it's like he gets a ticker tape parade in the media. Like he was uh, Neil Armstrong, the first man to walk on the moon. This guy's a sleazeball. He's a sleazeball. Now let me ask you a question. Step back and put the law aside for a minute. Because in this case, the law is an ass. Step back. What is more detrimental to this society? Roger Stone, sort of a court jester type, running around, making a mockery of things in himself, being set up by Congress, misleading Congress on who cares what, or the deputy FBI director trying to remove the President of the United States in a palace coup under the 25th Amendment, is also orchestrating other activity, including a significant leak to the press, and much more. What is a graver threat to the Republic? That deputy FBI director or Roger Stone? And Roger Stone is going to go to prison if this Obama judge doesn't conduct herself the way she's supposed to conduct herself under our Constitution. As a result of that jury foreman and the failure of this judge to properly manage her courtroom, she can blame whoever she wants. The buck stops with her. Judge, the buck stops with you. You get the word honorable, you get the black robe, You get the special treatment. You get the lifetime appointment. Oh, Your Honor, Your Honor, Your Honor. Now live up to it. Live up to it. And now McCabe, you see, has been subjected to a horrible campaign. The poor man was just doing his job trying to take out a president of the United States, a duly elected president, just doing his job, leaking I have no idea how this man escaped prosecution. None. And we'll never know. We'll never know all the details. And I'm not in the administration, and I'm not president, I'm not attorney general, and I'll damn well question this all I wish to. I don't get it. But it is amazing that yesterday we saw Nancy Pelosi with the veins in her neck and the mashed potatoes in her forehead, and the ping pongs for eyeballs all moving at once. It's a very difficult thing to watch. And Chuck Schumer davening up and down with the cornrows on the top of his head, going on and on about, we've never seen anything like this with Roger Stone. Oh, every day, we've never seen anything like the prior day. Every day, the sky is falling. Every day, the republic's at stake. Every day, unless we remove this president, unless we have a national vomit event, oh my God, we've never seen anything like this. These are sick, insane, unstable human beings, let alone politicians. It's like... 
Congress is a padded cell, a really big padded cell, where these bizarros are bouncing off the walls. Imagine it. In what other walk of life could these people be called, oh, leader, oh, statesman, oh, honorable, or be promoted to anything? So Andrew McCabe is on CNN now, and he's complaining, you see, that his family was put through all this. His family? What about the president and his family? What about the president's staffers? What about all the people who were dragged into this stuff, who've gone broke? What about Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, who was set up while this guy was deputy director of the FBI? I, don't, I want to invite Mr. McCabe to come on this program, to come out of his safe space at CNN, where I can question him directly about the findings of the Independent Council of the United States Department of Justice when it comes to his behavior. Not for any criminal or purpose or obviously any kind of a deposition. It's time to come out of hiding from CNN and their 12 viewers, Mr. McCabe. If you want to show righteous indignation, then by God, show it. If you believe you were put through this unjustly, then by God, say so on my program. But understand, I'm not Jake Tapper and Brianna Kyler, whoever the hell that is. And I don't work for Jeffrey Mother Zucker and other failures and frauds. Come on this program, Mr. McCabe. I won't even put you on TV. Come on radio, where your lawyers can hand you answers to my questions. And I'll take them right out of the independent counsels, excuse me, right out of the inspector general's report, so you'll know what the questions are. If you have half a brain, you can figure them out in advance. Mr. Former Deputy Director of the FBI, there's no legal damage, no legal danger, no perjury trap. I can't do that. No false statements. I can't do that. You used to do those things to other people. I can't do it to you. I'm just a nobody. What did Victor Davis Hanson say of somebody like me? I'm just loud. I'm a fill-in. That's all. I fill in the 6 to 9 p.m. slot. Raise my voice from time to time. Not much else left. Come on. Love nothing more than the question. And I promise you, I'll be polite. Very polite. I won't do to you what you've done to other people. But since I know you won't do that, three words. Go to hell. I'll be right back. in. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. 
It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Ladies and gentlemen, I think I'm about 80, 80% better now. Do I sound that way, Mr. Producer? I'm not coughing up, you know, uh, my esophagus and all the other organ parts in my body. Mike Bloomberg, I've told you before, and the gentleman at the American Greatness really coined this, but I, I'm going to continue to use it because it's so apt, that Michael Bloomberg is an oligarch. There are billionaires, and then there's billionaires. And there are billionaires who seek to buy power and buy influence. Remarkably, Donald Trump spent very little of his own money on his campaign. Remarkably, Bloomberg spends almost only his own money on his campaign. He hasn't actually participated in a single Democrat Party presidential election yet, or a single debate. He's playing the system. He's spending a fortune. He's buying all the consultants and operatives who matter in many of these states. So I said, well, he's a really, really smart guy. At least he thinks he is. I mean, how do you become a billionaire if you're not a smart guy? I mean, after a look at Tom Steyer, nobody doubts that that man's brilliant. Do they, Mr. Producer? As a matter of fact, Tom Steyer is a poster boy for stupid people who get rich. I mean, seriously. That should make many of you motivated so I <clears throat> I had uh, Mr. Bloomberg's people contacted to come on my Life, Liberty and Live In Fox show for a full hour interview and he turned it down a full hour I guess because he couldn't pay for it and therefore control what would be said Mr. Bloomberg turned down an opportunity for free TV to be watched and heard by millions of you on Life, Liberty, and Levin. So he really won't go anywhere to present his agenda, such as it is. He really won't go anywhere to be questioned by anybody regarding his serious racist comments in the past his bizarro policies in the past. I mean, it's not like if he came on my my show that I'd sit there with a 32-ounce Diet Coke, Mr. Producer. Maybe I'd have two 16 ounces, one in each hand, and say, well, if you ban this, I'll just do this. But seriously, there'd be no, no antics. It's a smart show. But Mr. Bloomberg turned it down. I just want you to know this, America. Mr. I'm going to buy my way into the Oval Office. I'm going to protect my relationship with my friend, the genocidal, mass-murdering, red Chinese boss man, Xi, and all the rest of it. I'll be right back.
Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. So little Mike, he doesn't like to be talked about his height. The president's been very politically correct in his description of Mike Bloomberg. Did you know this, Mr. Producer? He calls him Mini Mike. And I can understand that, and I think he should be. Here, I prefer Midget Mike. But that might not be PC these days. I don't know why. Why is that a pejorative? Seriously. But I'll come up with another name for the little fellow. And I will use it repeatedly, ceaselessly, brutally. Because Mr. Tough Guy doesn't want to come on just a little Sunday show for an hour and have a chat. About his China connections, about his past, at least racialist, if not racist remarks. Um, His change in policies. But he doesn't want that. He's trying to flood the field with commercials because this is what he knows next time in your neighborhood look to your left and look to your right person to your right not buying any of Mike Bloomberg's stuff person to your left is an idiot that's just the way neighborhoods are made up Mr. Producer there's a couple idiots on every street as well as really great patriots well it's the idiots that Bloomberg seeks to appeal to I am Mike Bloomberg and I paid for the fats but more and more is revealed about the little fella. And the Breitbart, Joel Pollock, billionaire oligarch, see, it's catching on. Little Mike Bloomberg, the former mayor of New York City, who is now running for president, fu- listen to this, <coughs> excuse me, funded a network of attorneys who helped pursue prosecutions related to climate change. This guy takes his money and buys things like elections, people. Causes. As the Competitive Enterprise Institute noted in 2018, Bloomberg created a scheme to pay attorneys who were placed in the offices of state attorneys general and whose role was to pursue environmental violations, as well as the political opponents of left-wing climate change policies. Led and funded by former New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg, this scheme uh, centered on... uh, centers on paying to place activist attorneys dubbed state assistant attorneys general or SAGs in offices of the attorney general, the OAGs to play an agreed predetermined and activist role. This is called buying justice, but of course it's not justice when you're buying it, is it? It's worse. It's called buying criminal probes and prosecutions. And I am sure the howling hyena media that you hear today going on and on about the president won't say a damn thing about this. None of them. Bloomberg's plan operated in a legal gray area that some states ruled out entirely. Even green-friendly Oregon determined the system did not comply with Oregon law governing the payment and supervision of state employees. But Bloomberg's law enforcement for hire pursuit of a political agenda is yet to receive broader scrutiny. Nor will it. Nor will it, because the morning schmo and Ms. Schmo, probably in Jupiter, Florida, enjoying a 
a grouper sandwich. Ever had grouper, Mr. Producer? It's very good. It's a white fish. They catch it. It's like 400 pounds, this damn thing. But I'm sure the morning schmo and, and Mrs. Schmo, you know, they may mostly operate out of uh, Jupiter, Florida. Could be worse. Could be Mars. Could be the whole constellation. Could be Venus. Could be Uranus. You never know. Uh, but in any event, I'm sure they're enjoying right now a little red wine, Valentine's Day, yucking it up with each other. Honey, remember earlier today when I used the, that, that, those three words that we talked about? The night? I really do, honey. It was unbelievable. You're, you are the best. You're the Walter Cronkite of our era. Well, thank you, honey. Uh, what a couple. That's a power couple there. Uh, who do we have on the telephones, Mr. Producer? Do we have an irregular American or just regular Americans? All right. Give me a regular American, please. Late, se- late 70. 870 a.m., the great KRLA, where we are live and national. Daniel, go. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Mark, uh, yes, yes. The, president, the, the president stated um, a fact today. He said that he could intervene with the attorney general's uh, decisions at any moment. He said it on a Twitter. And today, what you did today uh, shined light on me because you explained it from the Constitution, which uh, is the supreme law of the land, and it, it supersedes the DOJ. And what, it, what you did today was just flawless, amazing, amazing performance Thank you. of a lawyer. And, and, and let and, me just say, I'm not saying he should, but I'm saying anybody who argues that constitutionally he can't is a fool. It's a, and Mark, I just want to thank you, Mark, because you make me smarter every day, Mark. You wow. and President Trump, you and President Trump. I was in the Marine Corps. I was born in Nicaragua, and I came to the United States in 1998. I went to um, Iraq, OIF, and I just want to tell you, I never, I never cared about politics until President Trump came down from that elevator because it's, everything is just common sense. Everything that he speaks is common sense. I know MS-13 from El Salvador. It's, it's, just, it's just horrible. And, and I have kids in this country, Mark, and I just want to thank you. I'm in L.A., but I'm moving to Las Vegas very soon because I hate paying all this tax. And right now I'm stuck in the 105 freeway. Mark, it's just oh, terrible my Lord. going on in L.A. Let me, let me tell you something. I cannot thank you enough for your call. You've made my entire week. I want to thank you for your service. And listen to you. You're a man who got out of Nicaragua, which is a communist hellhole. Beautiful country, beautiful people. But there they are, the Sandinistas in power again. Ortega in power again. And by the way, Ortega used to be backed by, by uh, Bernie Sanders. Are you aware of that? I to say it, but I, I was born in 81, Mark. I'm learning from you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, and I heard you play the facts, and it's just amazing what you do. And, you know, I, I just want to thank you, Mark. You well, God, God, God Mark. bless you, Mike. Yeah. God bless you too, Mark. You take care of yourself. Las Vegas is a nice place. In fact, I think I need to go to Las Vegas, Mr. Bidus. The restaurants in these hotels are unbelievable. The hotels are unbelievable. I can slip off, wear my baseball cap and my glasses, keep my face down, play some blackjack, which I love to play, go to a couple shows. Be fun. And they have a great hockey team, don't they, Mr. Producer? 
Better than your hockey team, as a matter of fact, I believe. Not, not the, aren't they going to have a football team, too? Yes, they are. Might get a little hot there, but of course, I'm sure it's an indoor stadium. I don't know. I don't track their stadium there. And what else is in Las Vegas that we like? Rick Harrison. Right? And Pawn Stars. Good man. Good, good man. All right. There's Mike Bloomberg in 2013. Uh, The membership of the NAACP, which I'm sure is among my uh, most loyal listeners, might want to listen. That is the leadership, not the membership. The leadership of the NAACP might want to listen as you make a decision on who you're going to endorse. Cut four, go. For them to do this is just such an outright disgrace how they can look themselves in a mirror knowing they are hurting deliberately the life expectancy and the quality of life for the people that they're supposed to serve. See, this is a very sick, power-hungry man. This is over his soda ban. This is over his soda ban. Banning the sale of 32-ounce drinks in New York City. Now, just think about how idiotic this is. So you go across the line to another jurisdiction, or you get it in New Jersey or Connecticut. I mean... Number one, what are you going to have? Uh, a black market in 32-ounce Big Gulp cups? Secondly, what are you going to do to somebody who buys two 16-ounce cups of soda? Or two 16-ounce cans? Puts one in their pocket, hiding it like they have heroin? I mean, just think about how stupid this is. And he says to the NAACP, so far, which hasn't condemned him, because he's a Democrat, let's be honest. For them to do this, that is opposing his ban, is such an outright disgrace. How can they look themselves in a mirror knowing they are hurting deliberately the life expectancy and the quality of life for the people that they're supposed to serve? The NAACP... You're hurting your own people and their life expectancy because you don't agree with this little fella and his soda ban. It is. It's, it's, it's beyond redemption. Mike Bloomberg is a self-righteous oligarch. That's all he is. That's all he is. He's tight with Xi. I mean, really tight with Xi. He's got a good friend in this Thomas Friedman, who is a mouthpiece for authoritarianism. That's what that 2009 opinion piece told me that I read to you the other day. He snaps his fingers and he thinks he'll be able to impose his will on the rest of us. Shocking. And here he is trying to buy an election, buying consultants, buying operatives, buying, what else is he buying? Snapshot? Buying, 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 buying. But he won't come on my show. Little old Mark Levin, he won't come on my show. And he wouldn't go to any of the debates. Now that, you know, 80% of the debate field has been weaned out. Now he may deign to debate, you know, to present himself to the public. But think of all those debates and all that time 
where we could have heard from little Mike. Because I think little Mike would have wound up like Tom Steyer. Who? Who? Exactly. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Computer systems and cars are the new normal, from electronically controlled transmissions to touchscreen displays to dozens of sensors. But all this advanced tech is expensive to fix if and when it breaks. That's why we have CarShield on our 2010 Camaro. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a covered repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield has helped over 1 million customers. So drive with confidence knowing you got coverage from America's number one auto protection provider. Whether you have 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles on your vehicle, it's inevitable something will break. Get covered by CarShield today. Call 800-CAR-6000, 800-CAR-6000. Mention code LEVIN or visit carshield.com. That's carshield.com. Use code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N. That's carshield.com, code Levin, a deductible may apply. Now, Mr. Producer, I'm broadcasting this beautiful evening from Florida. We have a little abode here in Florida. We don't get here that much. Come here now and then. But I thought it would be a good idea to come here. Why? Because it was 76 degrees today. And when you have bronchitis, that helps. Don't I sound better today? 100% better. So I'm never leaving. No, I, I have to leave. If we're up to me, I can tell you now what's going on in my beloved Virginia. Oh, my Lord. The inmates do have control over the asylum. They have just moved as fast as they can to turn the entire state of Virginia into San Francisco. I've never seen anything like this in my life. Breakneck speed. Every single subject, as if it's handed to them by Soros, Bloomberg, and all the rest of them. I also meant to mention hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. And growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. Codable co-founder Gretchen Hubner experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a new game artist to grow with her education tech company. But then she switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. And you can, too, by signing up for free, for free, at ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-E-V-I-N. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And by using ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter candidates, Gretchen found it easier to focus on the best ones, then find the right ones. In fact, after posting her job on ZipRecruiter, Gretchen said she was honestly surprised she found qualified applicants so quickly and hired a new game artist in less than two weeks. With the results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day, 80%. And with results like that, it's no wonder ZipRecruiter, in my view, is number one. It's the smartest way to hire. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for business of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our special web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash L-E-V-I-N, ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. Getting carried away with myself. 
How do you carry away with yourself? Anyway, I am. Folks, I can't emphasize this enough. It's Friday evening. I won't be talking to you again until Monday. We have what's called the weekend coming between us. I won't be able to speak to you tomorrow or Sunday morning. Please mark this down. It is a big show. As Ed, McN- as Ed Sullivan used to say, a really big show. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, all kinds of times. 8 p.m. Pacific, Life, Liberty, and Levin. It is a brand new type of format. It is a hugely important content show. We're not racing through subjects. We do the opposite. We slow down. And it is crucial with what Bernie Sanders is doing, with the proposals that are coming up, that you and your family and people you know watch this program so you can see what happens to a government, to a country, under the iron fist of a radical progressive, a status, whatever you want to call them. And we are going to undress the presidency of Franklin Roosevelt like it's never been done before in one hour's time on national television. And in doing so, we are going to link it to the modern Democrat Party, to the modern media, and to Bernie Sanders. All in one hour. And one hour is really 40 minutes, given 10 minutes of commercials. But we can do this, and we will do this. So it's a very special show. I'm not just dragging some politician in or guests in, and there's nothing wrong with that. This is a really unique show, and it's only possible because Fox has given me this format to do it. They asked me to do a show. This is what I proposed. They said go for it, and they have never, ever, true, never, ever told me I can't do it. Really. It's not like Jeff Motherzucker who actually has, you know, Jake Tapper in, uh, in his ears, or vice versa, telling Jake Tapper, ask him this, ask him that, hit him on impeachment, hit, hit. I don't even know what Lachlan Murdoch sounds like. I've never talked to the young man in my entire life. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Michael Avenatti was convicted today of trying to shake down, that is extort, Nike. And it's a pretty open and shut case. But that's not really my focus. My focus to you is for a, a significant period of time. Michael Avenatti was cable TV's favorite lawyer. And by cable TV, I mean CNN and MSNBC. Even appeared on Meet the Press, among other network shows. He became a celebrity lawyer. 
He became an expert. He was going to run for president. He challenged all the president's lawyers. He was going to have fistfights. He became the lawyer for a porn actress. Anderson Cooper was so taken by the porn actress that he that he did an infamous interview with the porn actress, one of his greatest interviews ever. And Michael Avenatti became a household word, much like I have dog ass on my shoe. But the media wouldn't stop. Our newsrooms, our free press, always seeking the truth. Day in and day out, night after night. Put them on TV. Everywhere we looked, there was Michael Avenatti. An Avenatti here, an Avenatti there. Here an Avenatti, there an Avenatti. Everywhere an Avenatti, Mr. Producer. Well, you try saying that fast. And obviously, Avenatti was on TV because he was a crucially important newsmaker for months. For months. He was going to bring down the president with these non-disclosure agreements. He was going to bring down the president on the campaign laws. He had knowledge about the Southern District of New York. In fact, he went to those hearings. He was sitting in there. He demanded to be heard. He demanded to intercede in the events. He was celebrated on Capitol Hill. The Democrat Party media loved their Amanati. They might say, an Amanati? What is that? Some kind of a... Some kind of a squid? No, no. It's a lawyer. Now, even a fairly limited background check on Avenatti would have revealed he was a sleazeball. Ambulance chaser. Or as I call them, slip and fall lawyers. He was a slip and fall lawyer. It didn't matter. Jake Tapper had his man. Don Lemon had his man. Fredo Cuomo had his man. Wolf Blitzer had a nap. I mean, had his man. Allison Camerata had her man. Who's the other idiot? John Berman? You know, I made a mistake earlier this morning, Mr. Producer. I wanted to come to the great... What, what, what is the fruit here? The great whatever state. What do they call Florida? The great whatever. Orange state, great... For, in order, sunshine state. In order to come to the great sunshine state. I had to get up at 4.30 in the morning. I want to thank American Airlines for their... Timely flights. So I have to sit there at DCA Reagan Airport. And what are they showing? What does every airport show? Either the weather, advertisements, or CNN. There's this guy, Jonathan Berman. Not only does he look like a freak show, he's every bit as dumb as I tell you. Then he and Allison Kamara, oh, the chemistry is unbelievable. Both of them cackling endlessly. And when CNN has done it, it will be done one day. I, I don't make predictions, but I'll make one here. One day it'll become part of the Food Channel Network. What do you think of that, Mr. Producer? It's going to become part of the Food Channel Network, CNN will. A million ways to eat crow. Anyway, I don't think they're long for here. I really don't. 
Just awful. So this Avenatti becomes a superstar. He's ripping off clients, more than one. <clears throat> He's stealing their trusts. You know, lawyers set up these trusts in order to hold uh, various kinds of funds. Uh, maybe a court will assign funds to the lawyer to hold or cases on appeal. Or the client wants to pay incognito and they give the lawyer funds and they pay through the, the law firm's trust. Guy is stealing clients blind. As I understand it, Mr. Producer, he and the porn actress, what was her name? Smokey Daniels? I, I don't remember her name. Stormy Daniels, whatever. Uh, had a bad parting of the waves there. Bad parting of the waves. Because he was trying to screw her, I mean, rip her off, you understand. In any event, uh, so he tries to rip off Nike. I can't stand Nike because of their support of Kaepernick. But nonetheless, you don't get to rip them off. Looks like he actually might be going to prison. And so you think to yourself, well, maybe CNN will reconsider its news standards. Maybe MSNBC will reconsider their news standards. Maybe any schmuck off the street shouldn't necessarily be a, uh, an endless uh, newsmaker, day in and day out. But no, they're looking for their next Avenatti. I mean, what kind of a network CNN puts on John Dean, who had his law license ripped away from him after serving a short period of time because of his role in Watergate? And then he provides... Color commentary on the impeachment trial involving the president of the United States. What, what kind of a... CNN. CNN. I mean, look at MSNBC. It's no better. But they're not going to rethink their new standards because they don't have any new standards. They have a mission. An ideologically driven mission. And this is why, when you, when you really look at this, this constant effort to turn every matter into a breathless controversy. And I guess what repulses me often is even some former friends of mine who play into this, who just pile on. They allow the left and the media, same thing, drive the agenda, drive the narrative, create the phony reality, and they're endlessly reacting to it. If Trump would only know, if Trump, if Trump would only stop, if Trump, if, if Trump, he just stopped stepping, Trump, if Trump stops being Trump, there's no Trump. There's no president. There's no re-election. And most of the people advising him have accomplished very little in their lives, lately anyway. So Avenatti... I have no doubt is going to prison. Can't wait to see the sentencing guidelines on him, Mr. Producer. Can you? We shall see. Okay. I'm going to take an early break here. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong 
and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. I'm glad we've been warned about the Avenatti menace. Wouldn't have known about it if we hadn't been warned about it. Where are you going with that? Keep it on in the background. <laughs> oh, yes. What else? I'm sorry. I'm going to be a DJ or something. I don't know. I like to do sports, too, but then there's Stephen A. Nobody can live up to Stephen A. All right, that's enough already. Let's take some calls, shall we, Mr. Producer? To whom shall I speak? Our man Moses, the great WABC in New Jersey. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, Mark. Thanks for, thanks for taking my call, my friend. You got it, buddy. All right. You know, I do want to talk about Pete Buttigieg and what were you talking about before. And the one thing that I see constantly is an attack on statistics, an attack on facts. You know, like, perfect example is the FBI Uniform Crime Statistics. And this is the one thing the left does across the whole entire spectrum. When you see the number of homicides, right, and this is coming from the point of view of a coroner and the point of view of a doctor in the ER, you know, it's not racist, racist to say that in one category, one certain group of people is committing, let's say, violent crime or, let's say, homicides. Moses, I thought the left believed in science. Right. <laughs> and knowledge. And they tell us you and I are flat-enders or dead-enders or flat-earthers because we don't buy into climate change. And uh, when you show them statistics on crime, who's committing what against whom, they tell you to burn them. Yep. Because they only want to do it selectively, only to their mm-hmm. agenda. The ends you know, justify the, the means. We know this. Yep, and they want to manipulate facts. They want to manipulate history as well. You know, going back to what you're talking about with FDR. You know, mm-hmm. only selectively want to highlight what they want to. You're going to watch you know, that I, show, I hope? I absolutely will. It's you going know, to be a killer. Killer. <laughs> I don't doubt it, Mark. You know, the one thing, too, you really got me fired up about Andrew McCabe. And I'm going to tell you exactly why this continues to happen, and I think you might agree with me. The reason why this continues to happen is because the Republicans never take action to respond in kind. Tell you what amazes me, Moses, and I don't mean this to be negative in any way. Lindsey Graham goes all over television, talks about what he's going to do as chairman of the House, the Senate Judiciary Committee. I never see anything. Do you ever see anything? Not at all. Bob Mueller was dragged in front of the FISA court in 2002, 
And then he was the one that created the Woods procedures. And now the FISA court is dragging Chris Ray to answer for the violation of the Woods procedures and almost copy and paste the exact response that they gave back in 2002 under Bob Mueller. Hmm. There is no accountability. Whether it's the judiciary or the Republicans, they need to respond in kind, because if not, this will always continue to happen. And also, Mm -hmm. the Republicans have to find a better way to communicate you know exactly the assault. How about that? How about how about in this respect they just do something? I got to give them credit; they stood by the president and the Constitution when both were under attack, and I'll believe that till the day I die. To the day I die. But then, when it comes to the basics, you're right. Even when it comes to the budget, the president has now proposed a fairly conservative budget in some areas. A uh, to quote the late great Mitt Romney, a severely conservative budget, and. Uh, you hear Republicans talking it up? No, they just spend like drunken liberals. Yep. Moses, okay. go right ahead. I'm sorry. Yep. Oh, thank you, Mark. Yeah, but what needs to happen is that the Republicans need to understand the fight that they are in, you know, and mm-hmm. understand the rules that the opposition is playing by and play by the same rules and stop being ladies. Stop yes. being gentlemen. Take off the gloves. And, they, they, and, and listen, I've come under heat for this, but I could care less. The next Democrat president needs to be impeached. And I am not kidding. Otherwise, the impeachment process in our Constitution is forever broken. A precedent has been set. And there's a hair trigger on it that the Democrats will use. And they're threatening to use it again. And so what really is necessary is for the Republican leadership, in my opinion, to say right now, Nancy Pelosi and the rest of you, you keep this up. We're going to impeach your next president. We cannot allow this to go on like this. Moses, uh, I'd say happy, happy Valentine's, but that might not come across well. Moses, you take care of yourself, my friend. He's a good guy. Jared in Las Vegas, K-Don, the great K-D-W-N, go! Mark, it's an honor and a privilege to speak to you, and you should absolutely come visit Las Vegas. I must admit it is, thank you. I I am going to, but I'll do it, you know, incognito. It's not like I want everyone to know. Yes, it, it, it's the greatest city in the world, despite all the Democrats. Uh, I but said anyway. I like it. I didn't say it's the greatest city in the world. The left still runs a damn thing. <laughs> uh, anyway, I just uh, had a comment about yes, FDR. Yeah. Um, when I was in Are you going to watch my up, show Sunday? Absolutely. You're going to love it, I promise. It won't be a waste of time. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, when I was a junior in high school in U.S. history, we were taught that FDR was the greatest president this country's ever had. Oh, yes. They, they never mentioned the internment camps no. or the stacking of the court. Mm-hmm. It was always, oh, he brought us out of the Great Depression. He helped win World War II. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of the class, you know, we had a little poll, and, and all the kids, well, most of the kids raised their hands saying that they thought FDR was the greatest. And oh, yes. I didn't fall for it, but <laughs> anyway... Um, so I, I really appreciate what you're doing with the show and, and getting the word out there, because I'm sure there's a lot of younger people especially that don't know that about FDR. And, and this is – he's not the fi- founding ideological father of, of progressivism, but he is – he is – he was the real uh, – how should I put it? The, the real force behind establishing it in this country in a, uh, in, in a very aggressive and expansive way, and we have yet to recover. And so what they'll do is point to Social Security – and Medicare. But, of course, Medicare came out through the Great Society. It had nothing to do with FDR. And they can point to Social Security. Actually, he didn't invent the idea of Social Security, did. Uh, the, uh, Social Security. 
that Kaiser did in Germany in the 1860s. You aware of that? No, I didn't know that. And and one of the things, and this is in the, my book, Liberty and Tyranny on Entitlements, and one of the things Roosevelt told his advisors when Social Security was adopted is that they'll never be able to change this damn thing, and it can be used politically for the rest of time. And that is true. That is true. They have changed Social Security in many ways. They've massively expanded. goes well beyond uh, assistant retirements for senior citizen, uh, citizens. And even uh, in some cases, it just depends on the situation. All right, sir. Anything else? Did we lose you, or did I, have, I, have I silenced you with my genius? No. All, all right, thank no. you for your call. Next caller, Mr. Producer, to whom? Yes. WTKS, Bob in Georgia. Go. Hey, Mark. I can't wait till Sunday night, and I have to say I have not missed an episode of Life, Liberty, and Levin. Thank you very um, much. I DVR it, so I'm absolutely certain that I get to see. You know, and what's great about the format is the fact that you have some incredibly compelling people Mm-hmm. And why would you not allow them to speak and express themselves? <laughs> why why would so, I invite them on an hour show and just do a monologue? Yeah. I can do that anytime I want. Very few can, by the way. You know what somebody said to me the other day? Where is your, uh, what, what, what are those things called where you read off of, Mr. Producer? Your teleprompter. I had a guest on the other day. He says to me, in fact, I think it's the guest for Sunday. He says to me, um, Where's your teleprompter? I said, what teleprompter? Well, where, where do you get your... I said, they're in between my ears. I have never used a teleprompter in my life. Nobody ever holds up poster boards with comes. In fact, you would see me reading like this because it really is annoying. Anyway, my friend in Georgia, I didn't mean to cut you off, but here we are. That music means I have a hard break and I shall return. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Establishment's worst nightmare. Mark Levin. Call in now. 877-381-3811. All right. Let me see here. Mr. Producer, let me pull this up. Come on. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the great WPHT. Todd, go. Mark, how are you this evening? 
Uh, well, I, I appreciate you. you so much. I owe you a million thanks, Mark. Before I thank go you. into what I want to say by FDR, I'm, I think you have radicalized me to the point where Fox and Friends, I'm going to be on there tomorrow because you you had been talking about we need to do something and not always complain. And so I had a Black Voices for Trump rally at my church in Philadelphia. And Wait a minute. When was that? Uh, a couple of weeks ago at my church in Philadelphia. and Wait a minute. Uh, I know Philly. Where? My church is at 24th and Ridge in North Philadelphia. Good for you, man. And uh, What kind of response good, did you get? We had a very good turnout. We had about 150 Patriots come out. We had uh, blacks from not only Philadelphia, but some came from Jersey, some Delaware, from other parts, of, you know. And it was just very well attended, and the inquiry came. Of course, they tried to downplay it, and they tried mm-hmm. to caricature us as, uh, you know, as people mm-hmm. who were out of their minds voting for Trump and pushing Trump. And, and as you know, Philadelphia is seven Democrats, every one Republican. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got a lot of thanks I owe to you, Mark, because you radicalized me? me to the point where I, I have actually come out now, and I'm, I'm no longer defensive about my support for Trump or being a Republican or being conservative, but now I'm I'm on the offense, and I, and I just wanted to thank you. When I bought your book, Unfreedom of the Press, that was the first time that I had ever been exposed to FDR and re- what he really did and what he really stood for. So I just wanted to thank you. Uh, well, let, let me let me ask you something. You're a reverend. Yes, I am. Um. Why don't you come on my radio show, if not next week, the week after, and let me interview you. Love, you. You fascinate I, me because you're from you're from Mark. my. Now I'm not from North Philly, but you know what? My ancestors was from North Philly. When they came in from Russia, they settled in North Philly. Well, and, I was born uh, and raised right here in Philadelphia. As a matter of fact, you probably know where I live. I live directly across the street from LaSalle University. Oh, I know exactly miles. where you live. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are my old stomping grounds, believe it or not. I used to go to basketball games there, you know, LaSalle and Drexel. You probably got a cheesesteak from Explorers Den at one time or another. I got it without cheese. You know, I'm lactose intolerant. Okay. All right. I really wanted to thank you. And uh, like I said, I owe you a million thanks. My family and friends have come out and vilified me, and the vitriol has been great. I mean, uh, I, I, I welcome the responses I've gotten, both negative and positive. But, you know, I've received, obviously, more negative uh, remarks than I have positive. But, Mark, it's because of you, and I've been listening to you for the last seven or eight years. And I want to tell you, man, you have radicalized me to the point where I'm no longer ashamed or afraid to to, to let people know about my views. I so greatly, I, I greatly admire you, because that's a tough community to be a conservative, to be a Trump supporter. It's a very tough neighborhood. And I want to bring you on. So don't hang up, Mr. Producer. Don't lose his phone number. I can't do it next week, but I want to bring him on the following week. I mean, people who are that stand-up patriotic. I mean, this is what I meant. Listen to this pastor. You don't know this neighborhood the way I do. Listen to this pastor. And then you have a guy like Mitt Romney, who doesn't have an ounce of courage in his backbone. In his uh, in his spine. Stiffness. Whatever. It's getting late and I'm hungry. You understand the point. And he's celebrated. And this gentleman, of course, is denounced. Well, he's not going to be denounced here. We're going we're gonna to make you aware of him even beyond uh, this conversation. I'm thrilled if he's going to be on Fox and Friends. Fox and Friends is a great show. Weekdays and weekends. It really is a great show. 
They have great hosts. They're all friends. At least I think they're friends. Who else do you have, Mr. Producer? I can't find your email. Go ahead. Kenny Michigan McCabe, where's he calling from? Taylor, Michigan, Kenny, on the Mark Levin app. How how may I help you, sir? Oh, I don't know, Mark, man. There's so much I want to talk about, but how did this McCabe get off? But first of all, I have to say, I've been listening to you since you've been the uh, secret Santa. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's with Hannity. (laughs) With Hannity. That's got to be... Like 18 years ago. G- yeah, I was going across the GW Bridge. <laughs> you know, you want, people want to know about this. This is, um, they're minding my own business, and Sean would call me. This is WABC country mostly. And uh, Mark, 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 you know how Hannity is. It's a very, very uh, staccato. Mark, Mark, Mark. What? What? I'm busy. I'm working on a brief or something. No, no, you don't understand. I'm doing uh, Christmas. I said, good. You need to be my son. I said, I'm Jewish. So you can still be saying it's okay. I said, all right, all right, what do you want me to do? And he put these kids on, and I, and I tried to be Santa. And I did my very, very best, and I don't know if it ever worked or not, but it was a fun time, yeah, wasn't excellent, it? Excellent, man. You couldn't have, I couldn't have asked for a better Santa. Yeah. <laughs> well, we cut jokes, you know, like I gave five-year-olds oh, oh. ponies, and their parents weren't particularly happy. So, and, uh, but, but you gave me my best one, and that is you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're very kind. How's Michigan? Oh, it's cold tonight. Yeah. It's been a mild winter. <laughs> it really has. There hasn't been any snow where I live, thank God. Yeah, thank God. And I got a lot to thank for him. Also, I sent you a picture of my daughter. I'm going to get off subject. 13 yeah. years ago, she was premature. And I said, yeah. who's going to speak for these babies when mm-hmm. when, when Hillary was uh, talking mm-hmm. about health care for all? Right. Yep. And gosh, gosh bless you, man. You, you have spoken up for the premature since she's 13 doing... Great. She's a honor student, man. Really? I'm sorry. Oh, honest, honest Oh, God. man. No wonder you're proud. Oh, I'm very proud, man. <clears throat> you got you know, my eyes. I, 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 I can hear it. You know, we conservatives were very inhumane, you know. Oh, I know. I know. We want to see everybody rotten, whatever that place right. is called. Right. We're the ones fighting oh, for life. Man. Fighting for life, man. She was one pound, nine ounces at birth. That that is incredible. Now tell me about her. She's you say thirteen now. She's thir- she just turned thirteen on January thirteenth. <laughs> thirteen January, th- and she's healthy. Healthy, healthy is a. She's on the honor roll. <laughs> and physically healthy. Physically, yeah, yeah. You would. The only the only thing I tell everybody is you can't tell she's one of mine because I don't want to give my last name. Oh, don't do that. I don't care. She's a small. No, no, no. Duda, you got to dump that. I'm, I'm protecting you for your own sake. Trust me. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sure you are. But she's the smallest in our clan. <laughs> no, she was, only... she was. She was born under two pounds. Uh, one pound nine ounces. That is incredible. Went down to one, one went went down to one pound six because they lose the water, and. Uh... <laughs> God bless all you guys, man. You, you, you veterans out there. I spent six years peacetime, thankfully. But God bless us all, man. And, and this McCabe crap, I, ca- I can't believe. It. I almost lost it today. I really did. I mean, come yeah, on. No. Now he's uh, now he's a victim. He's uh, all right. But listen, this is a magnificent story. Valentine's especially beautiful day. 
And you, what day was she born? Wife loves them. What's that? January. Th- I said my wife got the roses. She loves them. They're really nice. My wife oh, did they too. Are. They're beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Well, give that little girl of yours a big smooch from the whole audience, will you? Oh, I will, man. Believe me, I will because uh, it, I watched. I watched. I watched God's miracle. And you and your wife fought for that baby. Oh yes. Yeah. Well, a lot of people would have given up. All eighty-seven days in the NICU, and God bless all you nurses and doctors who care for those babies. And what do you say to Bernie Sanders, who trashes our health care system? <laughs> oh my, Mark! I've been to fifty-two countries. I don't know if I can say it on the air, but he can kiss. Yeah, my yeah, yeah. Ever loving took us. Yep. It's unbelievable. This it's this un- is such a magnificent. Now, I don't know how many more times this said. There are just so many people out there who, who are willing to follow a Pied Piper right over the cliff. God bless you, my friend. You and your family have a magnificent weekend. I'll be right back. Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. We have had fantastic callers tonight. Let's get another one. To whom shall I speak? Sirius Satellite, the great state of Texas. Mark, go. Hello. Hello. Uh, By the way, uh, you know your Texas history. You know, uh, part of the Louisiana Purchase, Jefferson felt, among other states, was the Republic of Texas. So where to go back and get it? I hear you. All right, go right ahead. I'm calling about, I am so appalled at Michael Bloomberg for having nothing but black people behind him when that's not the case. If they know his issues, the way he started the frisk and stop stopping frisk, and what he said that black people, uh, uh, black and brown people. You, first of all, why do you see you throw people up against a wall? Yes. Now, honestly, honestly, who talks like that? Exactly. And now he want to include everybody now. He's only there just to get the votes for right now. Can you, can you do me a favor and call me on Monday? Yes, sir. I'm out of time. Don't forget, okay? I don't mean to cut you off. But what can I do? We need to celebrate America every Friday in honor of you. Here we go.
the week is officially over. The weekend officially starts now. Have a wonderful, wonderful last few hours of Valentine's. God bless you all. Don't forget, big, important show this Sunday. I can't emphasize it enough. 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Please join me. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, all you folks who defend us. God bless you, and I mean it. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Zelda. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Gigi. Good night, Dad, Mom, and Leo, and God bless you all.